Frax team to get back in. Hayes need to be in. Hayes needs to get a cover. Hayes realizing it. Cover quick. What the hell? Get away from me. Hayes, Whoa. they're running around us. It's a race for time. The clock's ticking. Inside the final 10 seconds, it's down to nine. They're trying to catch Waller. It's at five. Waller trying to hang on. And three, two. Oh, my God. Breaker rock, pump kick under the jaw. Breaker somehow still on his feet, goes up, over, able to land, comes on, Welcome to the NXT Deadline Aftercast here on SNME Radio, powered by Great Lakes Beer. What a day of wrestling it's been. Seven hours later, we are ready to chat some wrestling. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Yeah, Boris, a long day of wrestling, but some excellent stuff, I, I think, Every single match on this NXT show delivered. Uh, you might have some issues with the finishes of some of the matches. Some of them were pretty wacky. But overall, we got a really good show here from NXT. And nothing even close to what we got on the Ring of Honor show, which might have been the match of the year. One of the bloodiest, most dramatic most violent wrestling matches I can remember seeing in a long time. The double dog collar, Briscoe's versus FTR. So let's not talk too much about that match on this podcast because we do have an ROH show coming as well, but we have to mention off the gate, off the hop here. Like we just have to talk about that match to some extent. We just have to mention that was one of the craziest, bloodiest matches literally in the history of this business. When the referee referee is bleeding, (laughs) you know shit is getting real. Just like juice. Yep, just like shit got real here on nxt uh but man what a day honestly like what a fun day of wrestling i i'm so happy i kept the ballot open for best and worst of 2022 until tomorrow night so people can process and watch these shows especially the roh show especially the double the tag team dog collar match because that was incredible and honestly matt we gotta give props to uncle h and papa michaels because we we're excited, cautiously optimistic for the Iron Survivor challenges. They could have gone either way, but I thought they were both tremendous in their own ways. And booking-wise, you can tell that they thought things through. Yes, it did. I thought the men's fell apart logically just yes. a little bit in the last, like, 30 seconds. But overall, both were great matches. I, I, I think... Yeah, they worked out the kinks. They, like you said, they thought really hard about it. Logic was applied, and they were uh, way more straightforward than I thought they were going to be. They weren't very complicated. The no. rules made them seem more complicated than they actually were. It was, it was a really fun match concept. I can't wait to play it on WWE 2K23. Right? Can you imagine, like you and and uh, four other buddies just going at it, like trying to just kick each other's ass and getting all the pins in twenty five minutes, uh, with the randomizer on who comes out when? I can't wait for that match on the next two K game. Uh, but you know, it's funny that you you bring that up about the uh, the men's match. We'll get to it in a little bit. But as I was getting the um, the intro ready and I rewatched that ending, I'm like, okay, I can live with this a little more. But the fact that I needed to rewatch something to understand yeah. what exactly was going on is not a good thing, right? Especially for wrestling. How many people rewatch wrestling? Yeah, big nerds like us, but you shouldn't have to. Wrestling is very much like supposed to be a fun, turn your brain off. Uh, it's an action movie, right? You know, so 
I'm glad that you did that. We'll talk about it when we get there. Overall, a very strong show, and NXT's hitting the road again. We got to mention that Vengeance Day is going to be live from Charlotte, North Carolina, Boris. Interesting location. I'm down for it. I'm I'm happy for it. Uh, I, I honestly thought they would have picked like a Brooklyn or a Chicago to go to first. I wonder if we're going to see some involvement with the nature boy, Ric Flair. Uh, not to get too dark, but God bless him if he's still here in 2023. But yeah, man, I bet you Flair will be involved somehow, perhaps Charlotte and Rick. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. All right, man. So let's get to the show. Um, tons to go through a whole three and a half hours of content to go through. Uh, so we'll just start with the pre-show. Uh, Mackenzie Mitchell, Sam Roberts were the hosts. Uh, they were joined by uh, Denise Salcedo. Uh, Kelly Kincaid interviews Roxanne Perez, asked her what number she drew in the Iron Survivor match. Perez noted she drew number one. Kelly wondered if Perez was nervous due to being number one. Perez said she doesn't know what to expect. Zoe Stark shows up and informed Perez that she is, in fact, number two. Stark told Perez to enjoy being in the penalty box. The panel gave their thoughts on the women's Iron Survivor match, um, and that, that was pretty much it. I did not catch the, all of the pre-show, so just general thoughts while you kind of roll through this. Uh, obviously, we love Kelly Kincaid, uh, the, the former Quinn McKay. It was very nice to see Denise Salcedo on the panel again. I think this is the second time she's been on an NXT panel, but she kicks ass on these things, pulling some personality out of Sam Roberts, and Mackenzie's always great. So, yeah, this was a pretty good little pre-show. Yep. Uh, Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes interrupted Mackenzie Mitchell. Sorry. Hold on. I got to take a step back. Trick Williams and Carmel Hayes rudely interrupted the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, uh, from a video feed. Mello and Trick hyped up Mello potentially winning the Iron Survivor match. Uh, Roberts asked Mello what number he drew. Mello refused to tell, saying he'll come out when it, his music hits. The panel then gave their thoughts on the men's Iron Survivor match. You think it's time to turn mellow and trick baby face do you think we're building to that uh big event here honestly i don't want to see him as a face in nxt let him go to the main roster as a heel let him do this shtick again as a heel and then on the main roster sure turn him but i think it would be a waste of time to turn him in nxt and we get a face mellow on the main roster or they just quickly turn him heel okay uh maybe i i could kind of see that but I, I, I could like I feel like there's value in him working as a babyface on NXT, kind of figuring that out. But I could see that maybe you just want to call him up because I think his best work is going to be done long term as a heel anyway. Might as well just be a career hero. I'm just wondering because, uh, you know, Grayson Waller might end up with this NXT title, and I think Carmelo Hayes is starting to get the crowd behind him organically anyway. It might be something to keep an eye on. Boris. Oh, I agree 100%. And I can see it happening. It's just my personal opinion is I I think it would be a waste. I think he's a much better, more natural heel. But you're right. Like, he's just organically getting the crowd behind him. So, you know, are WWE going to lean into this? Or are they going to vince us and, like, you know, say, F you, we're sticking to the plan. He's sticking to be a heel. That's It'll be interesting to see how Shawn Michaels plays his hand there. Yep. All right, Keanu James and the busty secretary, the, yeah, I was going to say something, but I'm not. Uh, they're in the locker room. Uh, Keanu's assistant. Did you notice that she now has an accent? Did she not before? She does I have an accent. Is her name, uh, I think. Didn't. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that. We, I can neither confirm nor deny that her accent has come and gone, but her name is Gigi, right? Yep. And, uh, yeah, straight out of Brazzers.com here. The Red that's, Shoe Diary Assistant. That's uh, hilarious because that's the nickname I give someone. So let's move on. Brooks Jensen showed up. Uh, wish Kiana luck. Jensen kept awkwardly staring at Kiana. Kiana told Jensen to wear a shirt that properly fits him next time as he tries to give her flowers. 
Coolsies. Yeah. So anything involving uh, Brooks Jensen or any angle where his virginity gets exploited is uh, the bottom of the barrel worst of professional wrestling, in my opinion. So fuck this two times. J.D. McDonough was reading a human anatomy book. Kelly Kincaid asked J.D. why he was reading that. J.D. said he's reading up on hurting people because he has to hurt five people tonight. He noted that he already hurt Axiom a few weeks ago. This is where I started watching. I actually liked this little exchange. Kelly Kincaid completely creeped out by this scary garden gnome. Yep. <laughs> That's a beautiful way to put it. I never even thought of it that way. <laughs> Because of his huge head. Yes, yes, indeed, <laughs> Boris. His gigantic fucking noggin. All right, so that was essentially the pre-show. Let's go into the main show. Uh, so the we get the NXT Deadline intro video. Uh, had a clock, egg timer motif type thing going on. Vic Joseph and Booker <laughs> T were on commentary. Let's talk about the commentary on NXT, on NXT Talk this past week. We were super critical about the commentary. Vic Joseph and Booker... You know, they had an issue. Something must have gone on between the two. I feel like you can feel the tension between the two on Tuesday. I honestly feel like we weren't the only ones who picked up on this. And someone must have had to talk, had to talk to them because, dude, they were so different tonight for the most part. As the show went on, you know, Booker became a little more Booker. But at least for the first half of the show, they were pretty good. Yeah, first half of the show, they were on their best behavior. They were they were friendly. They were uh, going back and forth. Booker got a little grumpy when the New Day came out. And uh, I think he mellowed out once the New Day versus Pretty Deadly match. Turned out to be pretty okay. But yeah, Booker, Booker has no time for nonsense. Booker does not like the New Day. He does not like this goofing about in NXT. He wants wrestling. He wants his superstars especially if he had a hand in training them to succeed and be good wrestlers and he's not here for this uh you know fun in games it's kind of funny because he was amazing as king booker which is one of the wackiest goddamn characters there's ever been but uh, no wackiness for booker on this show i honestly think that booker's best moments were the wackiest stuff like the cold king booker stuff all of his stuff with gold dust you know, his, yeah. his, his weird wearing glasses promos, like every all the wacky stuff is what I remember of Booker T, right? That him and, cutting the promo. Yes. <laughs> two, two, two wacky things come to mind. Him cutting the promo while beating the shit out of people in TNA. Oh, Booker T throws him in the ropes. Oh, hits him with the hammer with the elbow. Oh. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's like one of my favorite bits of all time in wrestling. Also, Booker T versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in the grocery store. All time stuff. So yeah, Booker, embrace the wackiness is uh, is what I would say to the legend Booker T. Yep. And also WWE might want to rethink having Booker as commentator for NXT because like it like you know we we talk about it as hosts, right? We never shit talk our own show. You you, you can't bring your own show down or the product that you're reviewing down because then you look Mickey Mouse. You look dumb, right? So WWE should heed to that. Uh, to those rules because sometimes, honestly, like if I'm tuning in for the first time and Booker is essentially crapping on NXT, that just doesn't look good. Yeah, you're right, but there's good and bad too. Yes. Like while when when uh, Roxanne Perez wins this Iron Survivor Challenge match, Booker T is crying because he had a hand in training Roxanne Perez, and he's so proud. He knows it was the biggest moment of her career, and he's a proud papa watching this. Uh, Watching this wrestler succeed, and that's a shoot, brother, brother. You know what I mean? And uh, that's that's why that's why we love Booker T. But also, he can be great thing, uh, to put it mildly. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the actual wrestling. The first match kicked off the show was the women's Iron Survivor match. What you think of the penalty box? What you think of the sh like the the look and feel of this match? Before we get into the actual details. Yes, uh, I, I let's I start by reading the scores. So yeah, Roxanne Perez wins this match. The final score: Roxanne two, Zoe Stark one, Indy Hartwell one, Cora Jade one, Kiana James zero. Roxanne is now the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. So I did not have high hopes. I was pretty well blown away. 
I thought this was uh, as good as it could have been. It reminded me of the first Elimination Chamber. And I was going into it. I was like, oh, man, this seems weird and convoluted. Could be a disaster. And it was actually, like, fantastic. And it made me want to see the next 10, no matter what. So this match had to be great. And it was. They made this concept appointment viewing. This is pretty much the best match of everyone's career in it, except maybe Roxanne. And maybe it is the best match of Roxanne's career, too. I thought Roxanne was fine in this match. Um, Like, look, we had Roxanne Perez, right? Great wrestler. Kiana James, big test for her past. Indy Hartwell, we've seen her have some stinker matches, and she did well. Cora Jade, also, we've seen her have stinker matches, and she did fine. Zoe Stark is Zoe Stark. Probably the best in this match uh, besides Roxanne Perez, right? So, yeah. It just goes to show you how far these ladies have gone. Absolutely. Keanu James really impressed me in this match. Uh, what I said, Roxanne, what I meant is had, is the only one that maybe had a match in their past that was even close to this match was Roxanne Perez. I thought her performance in the match itself was quite fantastic. So Roxanne and Zoe started and their five-minute uh, period was awesome. It made me want to see a full ass feud between Roxanne and Zoe Stark. Yep, exactly. Uh, the match itself. So, what I really enjoyed about this is the fact that Roxanne Perez was pinned a few times. I think she was pinned two or three times throughout the match. And, you know, the, as you're watching this match and you're watching this match happen, you're like, is Roxanne Perez going to not win? Right? So, I like the fact that she got pinned a few times. I also appreciate the fact that the first pin took a little while to happen. What I hate the most about Iron Man matches or any match where there's multiple pins involved, two out of three matches come to mind, is when that first pin happens in no time. Because you're telling me if this was a one-on-one regular match, the match would have ended right now in like two minutes. That's a really good point. That is, And you see it a lot in Lucha. And yeah, it always always kind of bugs you just a little bit. Kind of takes you out of it just a little bit. But I felt like the falls were earned in this match. Yeah, exactly. It was it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so Kiana James was the third woman in. Uh, Stark gives James a punch right to the kidney. Uh, they're going back and forth. Uh, James hits Stark with a buzzsaw kick. Perez breaks up Kiana's pin attempt. I also appreciate the fact that everyone was trying to break up pin attempts. Like, there was logic put into these matches. Yes, but there hits a certain point, Yes, right, where where maybe it doesn't make sense to break up the pin, and that's why, and it, it was not an issue in this match, it was in the next one. But you're completely, you're completely right, especially at this stage of the match. Yep. All right, let's jump to when Indy Harwell comes out. She comes out, huge ovation, indie wrestling chants happen, and she cleans house when she comes in. Like, the streak that Indy Hartwell is in has been amazing. Uh, Perez then rolls, out, rolls up Hartwell for a two-count, uh, gives her a big boot to score, finally score the pinfall. Uh, Stark took down Jade and Hartwell with kicks. Uh, Stark whips... Uh, Stark whipped uh, Perez to the barricade. James reversed it with a nice-looking mirror salt. Perez got out of the box, whipped James into the ring steps. Um, Perez caught Hartwell with a crossbody. Jade broke up the pin. Uh, Jade missed an elbow to the neck. Uh, Stark hit Perez with a right elbow. Perez rolled up Stark for her first fall. James was the only woman without one fall at this point. That continued. Uh, let's talk about the end of the match. So James hit Hartwell with a 401k. That's a tornado pay dirt. Uh, James was slammed to the mat by Jade and Perez. Perez hit Jade with the pop rocks to go up two. Booker said Perez needs to run away now. Perez wiped out Hartwell uh, to ringside with a hurricanrana. James hit Stark with a super Spanish fly. Jade tried to steal the pin, uh, but Perez pulled Jade aside. Jade hit Perez with a dirty deed, but Perez rolls outside as time runs out. Roxanne Perez wins. Cora Jade almost, almost caught up, but didn't have enough time. And Perez smartly, smartly, intelligently rolls out of the ring. 
Yeah, so just overall, just a very good match. All action, uh, like you said, despite the fact that she won, Roxanne Perez did put some people over, so you set up a Zoe Stark match. You set up an Indy Hartwell match. Clearly, they can go back to Cora Jade at any time. I thought this was great. Full stop great. We're going to go four and a quarter. Richard Hatches out of five. For this one, Boris, winner of Survivor Borneo, the first edition of Survivor and the first edition of the Iron Survivor Challenge, also a winner. This match will, it will be on the year-end list that we do at BAM, the top 122 matches of 2022. Might be near the end, might be near like the 115 range, but it's going to be on the list, Boris. We're going to find a place for it. It, uh, yeah. You can't tell the story of this year without this match, I think. So unlike Richard Hatch being the first winner of Survivor, he also did end up in jail. So let's hope Roxanne Perez doesn't have the same future. <laughs> I think if, I, if anyone in this match, that no good Nick Cora Jade, she seems, she's, a, she's a young delinquent she is. Yes, yes, I love it. All right, so Vic <laughs> Joseph and Booker T checked in from ringside. Booker T, I don't know whether he was laughing or crying or what was going on. Uh, Vic gives it him seemed some like tears. he was a, a combo of both, but some shoot tears of happiness, and then him laughing at his own reaction, crying on TV for his girl Roxanne Perez. That was yep. my read, anyway. Uh, Booker did mention during the match that Roxanne Perez won the reality of wrestling women's title at the bright age of 17. Exactly. She is, she is the prodigy. Like, like they told us on Ring of Honor, she's the Connor McDavid of women's wrestling. I still don't understand why they don't show video of her getting her ass kicked every second you can. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Uh, good work by Tony Khan. He said he was pissed off. He was doing his uh, his whole, uh, what is it, quiet riot. We're not going to take it. And then he has proceeded to just take it for the next six months. Anyway. Right. All right. The hardest working reporter and all of professional wrestling. Mackenzie Mitchell interviews INV Nile and Tatum Paxley about Julia's Creed not being available for deadline to face in sure. Ivy Nile cut a promo about how she's just looking out for the health of her Diamond Mine teammate. Caden uh, Carter and Katana Chan shows up to give Nile uh, props for being a good teammate. Both teams apparently were open to a tag title match down the road. All right, I'm for it. Ivy Nile, very good. Uh, I don't know about the Ivy Nile Tatum Paxley tag team, though. I'd much rather see Ivy on her own. Yeah, I can see Ivy Nile teaming with Zoe Stark. I don't know why. That would be a good pairing. I could see it for sure. All right, second match. Probably the weakest match of the night, but it was still better than I thought it was going to be. That's Alba Fire versus Isla Dawn, and you gave Isla Dawn the greatest nickname on the Facebook group, which everyone can join on Facebook. It's SNME Radio. Join in on the chat during these big pay-per-views and PLEs. Yes, she is Mama Shango, Boris. It is official. She has gunk-inducing powers. She can make men vomit and sweat out black goo on command. So uh, so all she needs is the smoking skull that Papa Shango used to come down to the ring with. They should do a segment where Papa Shango bestows the skull upon her and they cook up, you know, potions or whatever it is. Anyway, yeah. So uh, Sean Burkhead, who is a, uh, a patron, he has his own podcast and he is a member of, uh, you know, the Sunday night's main event family here. He put it best on that Facebook group. He said this was a... Uh, NXT UK match with the WWE Raw ending. I think that's generous. It was an NXT UK match with a 1993 superstars ending. This was this was like two different eras rolled into one. Yep, that's exactly what NXT feels like nowadays, right? Uh, Don uh, hits uh, Alba Fire with a stiff high kick and a German suplex for a two count. Fire dumps Isla to ringside, gives her a dive. Fire then hit Don with a gory bomb at ringside, but Don kicked out. Fire dragged her back in the ring. Don flashed a grin as she got up. That's when Fire hits Don with a modified Death Valley driver. Uh, then Fire hits Don with a Santon bomb. The referee couldn't count the pin because he started coughing up black goo. The second ref yes. bump 
of the night, the second time a referee has goo coming down his face. <laughs> that is true. He, the referees had a rough go on this night. Jeez. <laughs> Booker T did deliver a hilarious line when he's like, someone better call a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. When like the, the second ref came down and just counted the pin, and he was like, what are you doing, man? Call the ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Don then tosses fire into an exposed turnbuckle. Don hits fire with the eye of the hurricane for the win in nine minutes, 52 seconds. Here's the thing, Matt. We had this discussion on NXT Talk, which you can catch every Tuesday night or Wednesday after NXT on the Patreon. Um, and that's both of these women needed a win. So they kind of became a little too creative to keep Alba Fire strong in a loss. Like, this is the thing. Just because you lose doesn't mean that you're going to look weak, right? If they just let them go at it and had a stellar match, Alba Fire would have looked fine in, in a defeat. I agree with you 100%. I am going to defend this just a little bit because it was fun. It was wacky. Yes. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was good. Probably, like, remove a star a half a star off the match because of this absolutely ridiculous ending. But you know what? I laughed out loud at it. It reminded me of the ultimate warrior and Papa Shango from my childhood when I was five or six. And that shit terrified me for weeks because they showed it every week on superstars for like three months. It's neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, I thought this was a clever way to get out of beating Alba Fire. They clearly didn't want to do what you described, which they could have done because it's professional wrestling. And it was a really good match up until the point that the referee started vomiting goo, Boris. Yeah, I still can't <laughs> believe that happened. Yes. So all things considered, I'm still going to say it was above the Jeff Jarrett line, above the Mendoza line above average but the ending uh, knocked it down a, a peg so we're gonna go three jenna marascas out of five for this one boris winner of survivor amazon and perhaps the worst professional wrestler ever in her own right jenna marasca yeah but not the worst wrestler out of survivor who's that uh what's his face the guy that was in tna for a little bit oh johnny fairplay yeah that's it I thought you were going to say John Morrison and just be a huge dick. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow. I came out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews New Day. Woods talked about how he's trying to be triple crown champion. Kofi said pretty deadly are talented and have big aspirations aspirations which tried to do his hip swivel thing Mackenzie wasn't doing it at first she then joined in the signature dance that's what I mean like can I can I really be so mad at the referee vomiting black goo and then sit here and tell you that aspirations was like some high art like this isn't fucking Shakespeare that we're watching here it's NXT wrestling you know bit of fun this was yeah Wrestling is allowed to be fun, people. All right. Yes. NXT Tag Team Championships on the line as your champs, Pretty Deadly, Kit Wilson, and Elton Prince go up against the New Day, Xavier Woods, and Kofi Kingston. Matt, this is the match that I was waiting for from Pretty Deadly, even though the result didn't go the way I expected at all. Yeah, we pointed it out. We said it could happen, but I don't think they're going to put the NXT titles on the New Day. Lo and behold, they put the NXT tag team titles on the New Day. But Pretty Deadly needed this. This was their audition for the main roster. And I got to think they passed with flying colors. This was a long tag team match, and it was very entertaining. It was wacky, but the wrestling was good in it. 14 minutes and five seconds it went, according to Wikipedia here. And, uh, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. If anything, I thought it went a touch maybe too long, but it didn't, like, overstay its welcome, you know? It was it was getting a little long in the tooth, and then they, they uh, took it home. So pretty good match. Yep, Wilson tagged in, hit Woods with a code breaker for a two count. 
Now, the referee is distracted. Prince and Wilson bring in the title belts to the ring. Prince tried to do the Eddie Guerrero fake headshot, but all four men laid out each other. Well, they don't lay out each other. They literally lay down, pretend to get hit um, in a hot potato spot. The referee kind of said, what the hell is going on? Everyone get up. Wilson then managed to hit Woods with a belt shot to the head. While the referee was still distracted, Woods kicked out. Kofi dragged Wilson to ringside, hit him with the Trouble in Paradise to prevent spilled milk. Woods gave Prince snake eyes. Kofi gave Prince an assisted double stomp. And Woods picked up the win. A very emotional Woods as they win and become NXT Tag Team Champions. Loved, loved, loved the quadruple Eddie Guerrero spot. That was so much fun. Yeah, this was a, a very fun tag team match overall. We have new champions, the new day. So I assume they'll hold the belt for, I don't know, a couple of weeks, a month, and then get absolutely shit housed by Indus. Sure, that's going to be your new NXT tag team champions coming out of this. But uh, overall for this match, I would go as high as three and a half. Ethan Zahn's. Out of five, yeah, Survivor th- Africa winner. That was a good one. I think that was a hilarious one because he just suffered out there. Um, I think that they will be champs at least until New Year's Evil. Yeah, that's about that's about right. Yeah. All right, Booker. So here's the thing. Booker wasn't pleased at this point. Vic Joseph talks about all the accolades that the New Day have had, and he also noted that Kofi Kingston has now surpassed Booker T for having the most tag team title reigns. Oh, interesting. Maybe that's why Booker was having none of this New Day. I totally missed that. I must have ran and got a sandwich or something. Yep. All right, we get a New Year's-themed vignette. There was a countdown and shots of a woman. She was blonde. Was it Tiffany Stratton? It was Tiffany Stratton, most likely. Seems like it. Seems like she's back from... uh, She was out six months with an injury slash an uh, augmentation of of some degree. Uh, And I'm excited to see her back in the ring. Katana Chance and Kane and Carter were hanging out uh, with Inofi Blade and Odyssey Jones. After Chance and Carter left, they walked into Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. They taunted the Toxic Attraction, taunted the champs. Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley ran into Brawl with Toxic Attraction. Blade, Enofi, and Jones pulled apart all the women. Um, I guess we're getting a three-way at some point, most likely New Year's Evil. Yeah, it seems like it seems like it's been built up for that. I'm going to be disappointed if Odyssey Jones is the one who vanquishes Malik Blade's father's, you know what I mean? Like the uh, sweater vest, that whole angle. If it's being done to rub Odyssey Jones and not Malik Blade, kind of is a tough beat for Malik Blade and his dad and his sweater vests. It is time for the men's Iron Survivor match for a future title shot at the NXT champion. Matt, you got the scores in front of you? Sure do. Grayson Waller defeats his competition. Grayson Waller wins this match. He scores three falls. Carmelo Hayes scores two. Joe Gacy scores two. Axiom scores two. JD McDonough, zero. Pulling up the caboose on this night. So, yeah, lots of falls, lots of action. I really enjoyed this match until the last minute, I think. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. We see this happen a lot during Money in the Bank and Survivor Series, not Survivor Series, uh, Royal Rumble and those themed pay-per-views, right, where the men and the women both have their own matches. For example, this past Royal Rumble, right, like uh, one of them was good, one of them wasn't. That tends to happen more often than not. But I have to say that I was pleasantly surprised by both of these matches because they were different and have their own kind of uh, uh, treatment to it, right? Like the women was slower, more methodical, whereas the men were just kicking each other's ass left, right, and center, and we ended up getting uh, nine pins. Yes, there were one, two, three, four, five, right, in the first match. 
and yep. nine in this one. There you go. So yeah, almost double the amount of falls in the men's Iron Survivor Challenge than there were in the women's. But yeah, I overall preferred the women's match slightly. Let's talk about some highlights, bounce some of the some of the best stuff on us, and then I'll I'll lay down where it fell apart in my eyes. Yep. So this match started off with JD attacking Axiom. Uh, Axiom had a great match. Uh, Carmelo Hayes was number three. Melo hit JD with a springboard bulldog. Axiom put JD in the arms of Melo and hit Melo with a hurricanrana to cause uh, to cause him to DDT JD. Axiom dumped Melo and JD to ringside. Um, there was a lot of back and forth. The fourth person out was Grayson Waller, who immediately makes an impact, hits Axiom and JD McDonough uh, with his stunner, rolling stunner finisher, and he picked up two pinfalls over Axiom and JD McDonough, who both needed to head to the penalty box at the same time. That was very clever for two reasons. One, made Grayson look smart and cool and all that stuff. But two, got JD and Axiom in the penalty box together where they could fight and continue their beef. So, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying the booking of this match so far. Okay, so here's what I'm really enjoying. Axiom isn't a stupid face. I love the fact that as he's in the penalty box, he's like, wait a minute. I got the guy who I want to beat up here alone. I'm going to prevent anyone from coming in or out. I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah, exactly. He stood with his back to the door and he beat the absolute bejesus out of this J.D. McDonough. Put him uh, behind the eight ball and really he couldn't recover for the rest of the match. That's kind of the story they told. Yep. Uh, Waller gives a back suplex to the announce table. Uh, he gave Mello the suplex. Then he turns to Booker and says, who's in your fave five now, bitch? Yeah, crowd said, ooh, when he said that, too. Grayson Waller, disrespectful heel. Yep, and then Axiom immediately rolls up Waller for a fall. Uh, Axiom then gave JD a poison Rana and a golden ratio super kick for another fall. So, you know, I'm loving the fact that, like, very fast-paced falls. Um, at this point, Axiom and Waller both had two falls. Uh, Joe Gacy made his... Uh, he came out, Gabe Gacy hit Mello with a big boot. Gacy hit both opponents with quick strikes. Um, Gacy hit Mello with a handstand lariat for a fall of his own. Uh, Joe Gacy looked awesome in this match. He did. He debuted, debuted a new submission finisher, which I, I think we'll talk about in a second. He's uh, using the rings of Saturn now, and he's got wrestling gear. He's been wearing the gear for a week or two, but... Uh, yeah, Joe Gacy is really, really, he's a talented wrestler. At worst, he's a poor man's Kevin Owens. Yeah. All of Schism right now. Like, I'm really digging the way that they've done a complete 180 with Schism. Yeah, they've they've fixed that group. They've Yeah, as of right now, anyway. Yep. Uh, Mello hit Waller with uh, Mystica for a two count. Uh, we got a Gacy's powerbomb he uh, Axiom reversed Gacy's powerbomb into a Juji Gatame. Mello then hit Gacy with a bicycle kick. JD dragged Axiom off the apron for a snap Devlin slide. JD hits Gacy with a Devlin slide. Uh, he then catches Waller with one of his own. Uh, everyone broke up the pin. JD went for. JD kept everyone on the mat and he started stomping on everyone. Everyone recovered at the same time to nail McDonough with stereo pump kicks. Gacy hit Waller with Uranagi on the steps. Gacy uh, then hit Mello with a bully bomb and modified crossface. Uh, Gacy put McDonough in the crossface again. Axiom broke it up, got put in Gacy's submission. JD and Mello broke up the moves and knocked down Gacy with strikes. Axiom hit JD with a signature DDT salt. Mello hit Axiom. Uh, with his leg drop finisher, Waller dragged Mello out of the ring, picked up the fall, and then Waller uh, dragged everyone away so Mello couldn't get pins. It looked like, so here's the thing, Matt. It looked like Waller was running, but he was actually pushing everyone further away from Carmelo Hayes. No, yeah, I, I understand that, but okay, so... You you talked about when uh, McDonough was got like the the triple super kick or the yep. he got a quadruple super kick, but they were breaking up JD McDonough's pins when everyone had a two nothing lead on him. 
And that's just like, you didn't need to do that. It would have benefited you more to have JD get a meaningless fall and you have one of the people you're tied with go to the penalty box. Yep. And in fact, I think Grayson Waller was the one being pinned when I believe Carmelo Hayes broke it up, which directly if in kayfabe, Carmelo Hayes looks like an idiot. Anyway, that's a small complaint. The, the bigger complaint to me is at one point, Carmelo Hayes literally walked over top of JD McDonough's lifeless body to chase Grayson Waller around the announce table. Yeah, that was that like, was that, the was one. The, that was, that was the, the one. moment. That was the moment. That was the moment where the match lost me. That's completely ridiculous. You have a man who's, who's dead, dead to rights. Even the, the other guys running away, throw his ass in the ring and try to pin him rather than catching Grayson Waller, doing a move to him, getting him back in the ring and, and pinning him in 10 seconds, you know, like, no, for sure. But I think clearly the, at the point of that, at that point, I think uh, Waller screwed up, but they kind of tried to recover later on saying that uh, Waller was keeping everyone away from uh, Mello. But clearly that didn't happen at first. But after that, you did see him pushing everyone as he was yeah, running. Okay. I I accept that Boris. Yeah, they tr they tried, but there was yeah. one there's one moment oh, where sure. if you're watching the logic yeah. kind of just completely Oh no, apart. I agree with you. This is what I mean. What if I didn't watch it a second time making the intro, I would have been a lot I was actually a lot more upset because the entire the logic just was dumb. Yeah, but uh, those nerdy little nitpicks aside, I thought all five people worked really hard. It was 25 minutes of of hard-hitting action. 24 minutes and 30 seconds of which made perfect sense. Uh, so, yeah, overall, I would still say this was a great match. We're going to go four Boston Robs out of five for this one. It's an A- minus in Canada, 80%, but it's still an A. Good job, fellas. I love how Boston Rob started off as a heel, then he tried to rehab his image. Then when he got married to What's-Her-Face Amber, was it? How he became like yeah. uh, a super face. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, you know, I, I respect I respect the super face turn. That's a good way to turn a heel baby face is put them with a beloved female character. Show them that they have a heart, too. Yep. I, didn't they win Survivor? Uh, not Survivor. Uh, Amazing Race together? Did they? That's hilarious. I, so. I know they were on it. I'm not sure if they won. I know they both separately won Survivor, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Um. All right. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling is on the clock yet again as she interviews Drew Gulak as to why he's returned to NXT. Gulak said he hasn't reached his full potential and he blames none other than himself. He said he's here to grind in the ring. He said if he can see someone he can help who will help him in return, that's even better. Damon Kemp shows up, introduced himself to Drew Gulak. Gulak didn't like Kemp's reputation. Kemp told Gulak to watch his first match on NXT in two months. Gulak calmly wished Kemp luck. Matt, we saw him out there eyeing Charlie Dempsey. He's talking to Dem uh he's talking to um Damon Kemp. Is this the beginning of the Orlando Combat Club? Yeah, this is it. The Orlando Combat Club, the Atlanta Combat Club, perhaps where Charlie Dempsey is uh from, I believe. Yep. Pretty sure, right? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, man, uh I hope so. I hope so. We can add uh, we can add Chad Gable to it if he's doing nothing, or maybe they could take over Gable and Otis. Uh, who knows? Yeah. I have high hopes for Drew Gulak in NXT. Uh, we're we're I, we're gonna see if he's babyface or heel, but I hope it leads to some kind of combat club of sorts. Indeed, <laughs> buddy. Yep, a club where all they do is combat each other. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. All right, so what's happened on NXT this week? We got Toxic Attraction versus Paxley and Nile, the debut of uh, Lyra Valkyria. Um, we got Wagner versus Odyssey Jones for some reason. Uh, that was that. It is time for the main event. And we also have we also have Brad Pitt versus Ed Norton, but it's actually Brad Pitt versus Brad Pitt. Winner joins the Orlando Combat Club. <laughs> Um, main event time for the NXT Championship. Braun Breaker, Apollo Crews, excellent setup for a face versus face match. Did the match give you what you wanted? 
Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't quite Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijakovic. It wasn't quite blow your socks off. But it was a very good main event. Both guys worked really hard, performed well. They did a new a new thing with Apollo Crews where he like hulks up, he Apollos up, and they kind of just zoom in on his eyes. And I was like, uh oh, is he gonna is he gonna win the title here after this Apolloing up? But he did not. He did not win the title. Braun Breaker speared him and won this match clean. A, a very good wrestling match. Okay, so when he had his uh, what's so, that's so Apollo moment. I honestly think that the explanation <laughs> we're going to get is that Apollo Crews saw a new vision of the future where he, yes, indeed, lost the championship. Interesting. So is it going to be he lost confidence? Maybe he's, you know, he's just fully clairvoyant. But he already had the vision where he held the title. I guess maybe he's just not going to hold it yet. It's like ba- It's like back to the future, man. You can change your future from going to the past. That's true. That is true. So are you saying that Apollo Crews uh, tried to fuck his mom? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, moving on, though. This wrestling match was pretty good. It was something of a mirror match, something of a Braun Breaker fading, uh, as they said on commentary, his doppelganger in Apollo Crews, Boris. Doppelganger. I'm still in shock. <laughs> plot of that movie am i wrong am i wrong (laughs) i'm not gonna get into the finer details of back to the future right now (laughs) we can have that conversation on another show um Uh... yeah no this match was i like this match right like i think uh the way that the commentators it like them saying that it was his doppelganger it built both guys up right like apollo cruz is is a name Braun breaker is the future so it kind of helped both guys i think both guys had a fine match um, there wasn't anything crazy in this match, right? Like it was just a well-built face versus face match that was clean down the middle, and Breaker just found an opening and he won. Breaker hits Cruz with a few tackles and a spinebuster. Uh, he then hits Cruz with a bulldog for a two count. Cruz escaped Breaker's finisher, got a two count on Breaker. Breaker hits Cruz with Uranagi for another two count. Cruz recovered and hit with uh Breaker. With a his own military press power slam for a very close near fall, Cruz and Breaker go back and forth with punches. After reversing a backdrop, Breaker caught Cruz with a spear for the win in 14 minutes, 35 seconds. Yeah, so I think the craziest spot, there were some awesome spots in this match. It was something of a spot fest, you might say. The craziest spot to me was Apollo Cruz hitting a triple power bomb on Braun Breaker power bombing him and lifting him up and power bombing him and lifting him up again and power bombing him a third time that was nuts yeah yeah it was a good match it was a good match it was fine it was match. A very, yeah very good match overall I'm gonna go as high as three and three quarter Boston Ambers for this one I couldn't call it great but we're gonna go 75% it's a B plus in Canada very solid strong main event you could argue that it was better than the main event of the Ring of Honor show. Ooh. The best match of the day was definitely Briscoes versus FTR. But I think I liked this match more than I liked Jericho versus Claudio. Yeah, I think so, too. I think you're, you're on to something there. Um, Breaker was posing to close the show. But before the show could close, Grayson Waller rolled in the ring, hit Breaker with his uh, his rolling stunner. And the show closed with Waller holding the title belt over Braun Breaker with two Ks. So there you go. Grayson Waller has already inserted himself into Breaker's biznaz. Yeah, that's going to be a fun feud. I love Grayson Waller's promos, Braun Breaker versus Grayson. They could, they're two athletic guys. That could be an interesting match. Grayson Waller might be the NXT champion. We've been singing his praises as one of the standouts of 2.0. He's awesome. I hope he gets this title. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Honestly. Okay, so here's the thing, Matt. Like, overall, I had non-existent expectations on this show. You know, we didn't know how the Iron Survivor matches were going to be. You know, we had Alba Fire versus uh, Isla Dawn on the card. We had 
um, you know, it's just a bunch of random matches and the and you know, and then the two Iron Survivor matches. So this show was either gonna be good yeah. or not good. And it was good. And I am pleasantly sports entertained. Absolutely. This was this uh, it wasn't like a takeover of old, but hey, we had two four star matches. Uh, there were vibes of takeover to this show. Yeah, and it was it was something that made me excited to see future Iron Survivor challenges. It made me excited to see future matches in NXT, namely Roxanne versus Mandy and Grayson versus Braun Breaker. Uh, also, we're going to see the New Day in NXT more and more. We're going to see New Day versus Indus Sure. So yeah, buddy, this was overall a big win. I think a big win for NXT. I agree. That's that's exactly how I saw the show at the end of the day. Like they're in a really strong position, perfect way to close out the year. And I'm excited for Tuesday, which means that uh, we'll probably be disappointed. But <laughs> there is excitement after NXT deadline tonight. Uh, so the, yeah, that was the show. We have tons on the go here on SNME Radio. Just remember, tomorrow being Sunday, Sunday at 11:59 p.m. is your last millisecond to get your best and the worst um, ballot into the patron. Um, so this is a patron-only thing. I'll send that a reminder on Sunday uh, for anyone who's signed up since I originally sent out the uh, the ballot. We also have the ROH Aftercast chatting all things ROH. We should just call it the FTR versus Briscoe's podcast. And I'm pretty sure we're <laughs> going to mainly be talking about that match. 100% buddy yeah but that was an all time classic one of the bloodiest wars ever 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 that I have ever seen in professional wrestling watching this shit nonstop since I was three years old in 1990 by god Boris so yeah three stars three stars of this show quickly before we go third star tied Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, the New Day, new NXT Tag Team Champions, second star, Roxanne Perez, who looked awesome in her match, and the first star, the man who won the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge and the man who stood tall to end the show, Grayson F. Waller, and the F stands for fucking great at this, Boris. 100% agree with your three stars. Love that concept. Love that we're doing that for every show now. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Till next time, stay tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.